Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we concluded our series, CBC at the Movies, and Pastor Gary looked at the movie Paddington 2. Today, I'll be joined by Gary and John to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, welcome to uh, CBC Podcast Behind the Pulpit. Uh, I'm really excited for today's podcast, today's show. For the first time, uh, we have Pastor Gary uh, with us on the set, as well as with John. So welcome, both of you. Thanks. Thanks. Good to be Glad here. Glad to be here. All right. Well, to, to those of you listening, we apologize for... Uh, missing last week. Uh, We missed our first one last week, uh, but we're glad and excited to be here today as we continued our movie series. And Pastor Gary uh, looked at the movie Paddington uh, 2. So to start off, uh, Gary, um, uh, what was it about this series that kind of drew your interest in in wanting to to share and speak? And what specifically about Paddington 2 um, that that made you want to do it on that movie? Well, I saw the movie two years ago and it was kind of like a second choice movie went out with Bob and Nancy Val and myself and we actually wanted to see something else but uh, since we couldn't we picked Paddington and I just was surprised about how funny it was and they really had some good you know values that he was uh, uh, Paddington was teaching so that's what kind of made me think about it Oh, okay. Yeah, I was uh I was actually pleasantly surprised when you when I found out you were doing it on that movie. I didn't know much about it. Um but yeah, after kind of watching the clips, uh, going through the series it was um funny, insightful and kind of touching as well. Yeah. So looking at a, a bear <laughs> do all those things. Uh, John, you have any thoughts on the movie? Yeah, I had no idea um what it was and why we're even watching this cartoon because <laughs> you know it's, it's kind of silly kind of weird it's like what are, what are you going to talk about how is this even going to be good and so yeah to my surprise to even like i think the sanctuary surprise that like the way we were drawn in and people were at tears at the end you know it's kind of cool <laughs> yeah gary when you asked if um how many people had watched this movie <laughs> and maybe like two people raised their hands um but yeah i thought you can you can feel uh, the emotion um, in the in the clips and in the scenes uh, that we were all engaged by it. Yeah, I was surprised too by just watching it and feeling this is this is pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, th- three of the points that you know you you made um, just you know from the movie itself, just the main idea that that Paddington spreads joy kind of through marmalade and kind of who he is as a character, and I think that prison scene was was really cool and just how that you know it demonstrated how the marmalade spread joy right and we know kind of in in real life joy can and should be infectious right to to, to those around us and three things that you mentioned in the message was that joy comes uh, in sacrificing for others comes from um, looking on the bright side of things and it comes through family and friends and i kind of wanted to walk through each one you know, as you consider kind of your journey, Pastor Gary, uh, ministry for almost 40 years now, well, at least here at CBC, at least, mm-hmm. um, you know, the idea of sacrifice, you know, for, from your perspective, and you s- shared so much uh, about Val, and, and I loved how you 
um, just bragged about her and, and her heart of sacrifice. But, but I know you have sacrificed a lot as well for our church, and, and none of us would be here um, without it. But as you reflect back and you look upon all the sacrifices you've made, um, how have you experienced that kind of joy? And, and how, how are we able to experience joy through sacrifice? You know, because I think it's easier said than done. So, Ken, from your perspective, how have you been able to do it? Uh, well, let me kind of even back up from that a little bit. I, uh, I retired from being a senior pastor, but I still serve as the, you know, the senior director. And so I kind of been struggling with, I'm not really struggling, but thinking about when you retire, does that mean like you could do whatever you want? You know, as a Christian, can I like, you know, be a, if I'm half time, can I be a Christian like half time and <laughs> like be mean and honorary the other half? Because there's that kind of feeling like when you retire, you do whatever you want. And so I thought as a, I mean, is that really true? Can we just like just travel and golf and uh you know, can I just decide I'm just going to do whatever I want? And I kind of, well, I mean, the answers are kind of obvious, but uh, I kind of thought, no, it, you know, you don't retire from being a Christian. You don't retire mm-hmm. from, you know, reading the scriptures. You don't retire from prayer. You don't retire from serving God. You don't retire from sacrifice. So that's kind of where I got the idea of sacrifice. And I don't know if any seniors listen to this podcast, but I was trying to actually relate to the seniors since I'm a senior and then kind of speak to the seniors as well. Like, you know, even though we're retired, we still got to serve God. And, you know, I was trying to kind of say that indirectly. So that's kind of where I was coming from versus, you know, that I've had a life of sacrifice (laughs) in Mm. ministry. It was more like, what does sacrifice mean to me now as mm. as someone who's retired? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really insightful. And, and I mean, I appreciate the honesty and just sharing that, that question that you wrestle with, you know, well, what does it look like once we retire and, and that difference of, you know, at the end of the day, we're still believers no matter what status, what season of life that we're in. Yeah, because I, you know, I mean, I, play golf with these guys they're all seniors and uh you know we're all a lot of us are traveling and like, we're gonna go here we're gonna go there and there just seems like it's really cool being a senior because you could kind of like do whatever you want now and i i i think there is truth to that but i mean it's as a christian i can't just do whatever i want i mean i'm supposed to you know i want to do what god wants me to do mm-hmm. versus just okay now i could just kind of kind of cruise along and i've paid my dues and mm-hmm. just kind of sit back and enjoy life and i kind of think that's probably not the case <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how so what what does that look like for you now i know you're you, you know as you mentioned you're part-time you are still serving a lot you are still involved in a lot of different things um, and, as you, and as you wrestle with those things of, of what does sacrifice look like in this season of your life and, and the joy that comes from it, um, you know, what, what does it look like? And, and what, are the, some, what are some of the other challenges that come with that? 
Well, uh, just to be honest, being the director to the seniors was not my dream job. <laughs> it wasn't like, uh, <laughs> this is what I want to do after I retire. Uh, but I did see a pretty big need that was there. And so uh, I thought, well, this would be a good thing is to work with the, uh, work with the seniors. And I have actually have enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, it's not something I really wanted to do, but, you know, I, I did sense that God was wanting me to do this. I mean, I had mm. this sense. So I, I felt like, okay, if I, people don't even know what a, you know, a senior director is. No one, th- I haven't heard pastor of seniors, at least in my circle. So uh, I was <laughs> kind of reluctant, I guess, but I, I felt like God wanted me to do it. And I just have, you know, I, since I did it, I've really found a lot of joy in working with the seniors. It's been more fun than I anticipated. Hmm. Wow, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome to hear that. Yeah. Well, turning to you, John, um, you know, your dad is a little reluctant to talk about all the sacrifice he's made uh, for us. But growing up, you know, seeing him pastoring this church from from your perspective as your son, and, and we'll get to kind of your own sacrifices that you're making, having done youth ministry for 15 years now. But what are the, some of the things that you saw in your dad? You know, what are the sacrifices that he made that kind of directly or indirectly have taught you what ministry looks like? Yeah, that's, that's good. And I think it's been good to see uh, kind of the development of my view of my father over the past 5, 10, 15 years. Because when you're a kid, I, I think I just see him as, you know, as dad, he brings home McDonald's. I love that. And let's, you know, wrestle on the floor and uh, bless me as I go to sleep. But as a teenager and as a young adult, you see more of the behind the scenes and the the sacrifice, uh, the time, the energy poured out into the church. And kind of as I came on staff here and was at the table with them for a few years, okay, you feel the weight of, okay, this is more than just fun and games and McDonald's and hanging out. And, and it's tough. And then now that I have a ministry to lead myself, I'm like, I'm t- I'm ready to retire. <laughs> I'm like I can't wait to just know. <laughs> but it's it's been very encouraging and very um uh uplifting for myself to see that okay there's a reason why you do this. It's not just to <laughs> to kill yourself and to make life really hard or to to pour into others and just grind it out day to day. It's like nah, there is joy in uh serving. And I think that's that's why I've come to love what I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, from your perspective, kind of what it, you know, being a part of the youth ministry, uh, being an intern at 18 and, and, and leading it at that point, uh, serving as kind of an assistant youth director, now being the youth director, what are, what are the sacrifices you have to make? You know, I think sometimes as leaders, we don't like to talk about it. Right, we don't want to sound like we're bragging or kind of like, oh, woe is me. I have, it's so hard. I mean, we get paid to do what we do, and we're blessed by that that we get to do this for a living. But at the same time, there are sacrifices, you know, and, and that's hard. Uh, and yes, there's joy from it. But talk a little bit about sacrifices that 
leaders have to make? And, and that could be pastors, directors, even lay leader volunteers. But what are some of the, what are the big sacrifices that church leaders, Christian leaders have to make um, that, that you've had to and that you see? Yeah, I think for myself, again, it's been good. Youth ministry, youth ministry as a whole has been a blessing, and I, I can't wait to be at a Friday. I can't wait to speak. I can't wait to uh, work with staff and kids and things like that. So for the most part, yeah, it's been so uh, rewarding, uh, so much fun. Um, I love activities. I love hanging out late. I love being here. But with all that, whether at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, any big or little decision that you have to make, you've got to make, and it'll fall on the leader. So when push comes to shove and something has to happen and a conversation needs to take place, you've got to step in there and do it. And I've done the best that I can to do that, but it's been it's taken a toll on me emotionally, mm-hmm. um, physically, mentally. It's It's been hard to make calls, stick to my guns, and to press on saying, okay, this is for the good of, uh, you know, the group and for the better of uh, the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, John. How about you, Pastor Gary, in terms of thinking broadly, generally, what are some of the sacrifices that leaders, I mean, you can even say believers, right, that, mm-hmm. that we have to make uh, that are hard? Well, in ministry, the the hardest thing by far is to deal with personal conflict, conflict with staff, conflict with, you know, people that's working under you. You know, someone once told me that, oh, you must not have any conflict. You work in a Christian organization. I'm thinking, uh, we're people, we have <laughs> flaws, and we have, you know, views, we have perspectives, and uh, there's there's this conflict a lot. So just trying to to deal with that uh, has been really challenging. I think those are the things that made me, you know, lose sleep at night is just trying to, you know, deal with, you know, with with my flaws and other people's flaws and things that need to change and to... You know, the word confront is probably strong, but yeah, we have to confront and be truthful with each other. So that's by far the hardest. I think (laughs) it's kind of interesting that you talk about sacrifice. For me, the sacrifice at one point was staying in this church. I made a sacrifice, Mm. decided to stay here because there was a lot of conflict uh, that I was dealing with. And, you know, I just didn't know how to handle it. And I just felt like, I, I, I don't need this. I could, uh, you know, I, I could quit and do something else. But it was actually uh, for my family that I decided to stick around because I didn't want my kids to think, you know, I'm, that that's why I'm leaving a conflict and that's going to affect their view of the church and that's mm. going to, you know, affect their relationship with other people in the church and their friends. And I, I thought it'd be better if I stay and try to work through this stuff versus leave. And I just thought that would have a negative effect on on the kids. Hmm. So 
that was a sacrifice. The other sacrifice to me is, well, again, I don't know if it's sacrifice, but it's the hardest part of ministry was preparing messages. Um, you know, there'd be times when, I'd, I, you know, I'm up, I'm on on Saturday night thinking, what am I going to talk about? I mean, it's, there's it got to sometimes, I mean, I hadn't really, you know, prepared so. I'm, I'm staying up all night thinking, what am I going to say hmm. uh, tomorrow? It's not the case now, but that was early in the ministry. And I, I spoke, you know, a lot. I mean, one year I spoke 48 times, I remember. Uh, <laughs> That's it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Took a month off at one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had cancer and decided I had better take one month <laughs> off. Uh, but that just was... You know, you think it's on the back of your mind all the time. Mm. And so to me, that was, that's the most draining part of ministry. And the most sacrifice you have to make is to, you know, come up with what you're going to say on Sunday morning. Mm. So that was, even now, uh, if I don't have the pressure of the message, that, which I don't have right now, it's, it's, it's been enjoyable, actually. So, mm. the, the, yeah, the, something about the speaking—you feel that pressure, and it's in the back of your mind. And so, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that there's a lot of sacrifice that you have to go through to, to prepare those messages. Mm. Yeah, I mean, hearing you say those things, uh, one definitely appreciate all the sacrifices you made, and and, and many of you, many listeners, maybe not, may not know. And I know I wasn't—I was young at the time, but you had to speak every single Sunday, uh, midweek services, right? There was a season where you were doing both, uh, the midweek and the Sunday. And, um, you know, we're blessed and fortunate now to have a staff where we get to rotate and maybe speak every two, three, sometimes four weeks. And I'm sitting here going, oh, it's so hard. (laughs) And then then I hear you, you know, and I I think about what you had to do and to say we're we're all blessed because of it, you know, because of your sacrifice. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. And also, you know, as you talk about uh, you know, choosing to stick it out, you know, even though it's hard and choosing to stick it out and, and doing it you know, for your for the church, but also for your family and, and looking over and seeing John and saying, you know, I see how it's communicated that, right? Because now, John, you're in, in a situation where there's times when you got to make tough decisions and there's conflicts and, and you're choosing to stick it out. And in many ways, that legacy is being passed down you know, from your dad to you. Um, and, you know, I loved as you talked about that sacrifice, Gary, of like, you know, making that choice to stay, even though there were so many reasons not to. And that's a large scale kind of decision where, you know, maybe we don't have to make too many of those kinds of choices in our lifetime. But at the end of the day, even the smallest sacrifices, you know, every day there's that choice, right? Mm-hmm. That small choice or big choice of like, are we going to, stick it out one more time, one more day. Are we going to choose the harder path? Or are we going to just say, you know what? It's not worth it today. It's not worth it this year and take the, the quote-unquote easier route, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as people might be listening and as they think, why choose to stick it out? You know, why choose the sacrifice today? Um what are some of the joys then, right, that you've experienced because you chose to sacrifice, the joys that come through sacrifice for you? 
what I think I'm enjoying it now just to see well I'm really proud of John uh, just to see him you know working with youth and you know having see him have to deal with people and and leaders and staff uh so I I really felt that he's uh met the challenge just so just to see that uh just to see uh you Eric come on and um lead the church I don't know it's gratifying for me now that I'm thankful I made those sacrifices Mm. just to kind of see the fruit of that you know now with um you know pretty much the staff has has turned over most of it's millennials uh so yeah to to see the people who are now serving, uh, I think that brings me a lot of kind of, it does bring me joy. And so uh, the thing about Nick is I just never thought Nick would serve in our church. He was kind of <laughs> kind of anti-church, anti Yeah, that guy, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had a pretty negative attitude towards the church. So, <laughs> you know, it's, like I just never thought he would be here in this church serving I mean that would be like the worst job he can ever get so yeah it's it's been kind of cool just to see that yeah to see him here now pastoring leading the soul fit ministry uh, doing all that so yeah wow that's a great point you bring up right is that some of the joys we experienced then when we sacrifice, some may be immediate, but sometimes the joy comes later. Right, yeah. Right, and, and to be able to see the fruits and, and after the fact, and maybe that might be five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, but being able to, to see it, sometimes we got to wait for it. Yeah, I think uh, we do things because it's going to make a f- difference in the future. Mm-hmm. So... Well, even like, you know, Christ, he knew the cross was coming, but he uh, he knew what the result would that be. And so he did have this joy about life because he knew that what he was going to do was going to, you know, make a difference in the whole world. So that's, uh, yeah, I think just the, seeing the fruit and looking towards what it will produce in the future, that's... That's very satisfying, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, John? You know, you talked about sacrifice. It's hard. But what are the joys that you do experience because of the sacrifices? Yeah, it makes sense to me. It makes sense that you've got to go do some fire to refine and to experience that joy. And uh, <laughs> like, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun and joyful <laughs> at the end. I would just <laughs> stop anyways. But there is so much joy in church and Christ and what like uh, God calls you. And I think there's nothing like that, right? I feel like when you're in your groove and whether it's a Friday or a message or just hanging out with kids or staff and you're inspiring, you're vision casting or whatever it takes to like get where you're supposed to be, you can't find that anywhere else. So I've, you know, I've had other part-time jobs. I've done other things. But when I'm 
in my elements here where I feel like God's saying, okay, this is what I want you to do for this season of your life. And you go hard for this year. I do feel like every year is different. So for this year, it's like, you know, this is what I want you to do. Okay, I'm going to do it because I feel like not only is this what I'm called to do, it's what I'm good at. I want to go in this direction and I'm on fire for it. So whatever it takes to get there through pain or sacrifice, it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. So I feel that I've, I've always felt that. And I think that's why I've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I see that. I see that in you. Um, you know, there's definitely, I think, the joy that comes when we sacrifice and we do what we feel God's calling us to do. And, and it has a certain way that it looks for us as leaders, for pastors, um, for those who are listening, for those who, who work outside the church, who have a, a, secu- a job in a secular world. Um, and every day they have to choose, you know, what their life is going to look like that day and how they're going to live it out. Um, what does that look like for them in terms of sacrificing? Would you say, Pastor Gary? Well, I, I mean, there's they got to get up in the morning, early in the morning, and you know, some people love their job, and some people don't like it. And if you don't like your job and you're working, I think that's a pretty big hmm. sacrifice. And and just having a job and bringing home the bacon, I mean, is worth worthy of itself. Hmm. I mean, he's working because he wants to bring home you know, uh, a check so he could support his family. So I think, you know, there's a lot of people wake up in the morning and don't really look forward to the day, but they they go to their job and it it could be a grind for them and they have to make that sacrifice to, you know, to do something that they really don't like doing. So uh, I don't know a lot of people like that, but there certainly are people that don't like their job, and I I think it's hard for them. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I'm sure there's a lot in our church who are in that boat where every day isn't perfect and job isn't perfect, and just like us, they have to you know work with imperfect people, and there's conflict and stress and challenges uh, in every day that that choice right of of how they're going to respond. And, um, and it's hard, it's hard for everybody. So kind of, uh, transitioning to that second point, um, of joy comes through looking at the bright side of things. Right. And I think you painted the picture of just being able to see the positive of of being optimistic, even despite the challenges. And, And as you talked about all the challenges you faced and as hard as it can be, how do you maintain a sense of optimism? How do you look at the bright side of things regardless of how hard it may be well at least in this point in my life it's more uh perspective so a lot of things i just feel like i could i could tolerate a lot better because in the end these some things just don't matter and so i think just to kind of have an attitude like this is not that big. If someone cuts me off on the freeway, that's just not worth getting angry about to me. Hmm. It's like, just let that go. And, you know, I mean, do you want that to like spoil your day just because someone, you know, so just, I, I think things don't bother me nearly as much as they used to. 
because uh, I think a lot of things are just not big that big a deal. I mean, if someone's late, I mean, and they have to wait a while, what then what's the big deal? Uh, so that I think at least helps me from negative uh, feelings. And then I think for me, the positive would be just to make a decision that uh, there is a good side. I mean, like I gave the illustration about walking the dog. I don't really look forward to walking the dog. But if I change my attitude about it and say, this is going to be fun. I'm going to, uh, I'm, you know, I love walking my dog. I, what, what a privilege I have. You know, I'd start say, talking to myself in this positive way. We talk to ourselves in a negative way all the time, and that's not necessarily the truth. I mean, we, we always have these negative thoughts. We talk to ourselves negatively, and that's, you know, really not true. So mm. why not just go the other way and be optimistic about it and, uh, and, and turn it around? And I think that helps me just to think that in many situations I have a choice. So I could choose, like, the negative route, the complaining route, or like the more optimistic route. And I think I see myself, you know, like, like I'm playing a lot of golf and I, it, it's kind of like my passion and I'm really not improving that much. I'm kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> but I have this optimism that, you know what, I'm going to get better. If I keep working at this thing, I'm going to get better. And even though I don't see that much progress, I'm still optimistic. Mm. You know, like that, I'm going to get better at this. And uh, that keeps me going, right? I mean, it's easy for me to like just get all upset and frustrated and throw my clubs and say I'm never going to play this game again. Uh, but I still find joy in playing even though I'm not improving that much because I think I am going to. I am going to get better. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I love how you emphasize that even optimism, you know, there's a choice involved of how we see things and, and what we choose to dwell on. And you made some statement of just, you know, you hear the negative things and you just say it's not true. And you kind of just said it real as a matter of fact, and it's something you just do. And I realized, like, it's so hard for some people to do that, right? Mm -hmm. to, to hear the negative voices, the negative thoughts, and to declare it as not true, mm -hmm. you know, and to, to just kind of sweep it away and to begin focusing on what is true, mm -hmm. you know? So I think the fact that you're able to do that um, is huge, and I think it communicates a lot in terms of, like, yeah, to, to be optimistic, to be positive. It's not just wishful thinking right. that there's truth involved in it mm -hmm. and discerning what's true and what's not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, again, I, it, as Christians, we have, we can be very optimistic. We, we could be facing death and look, you know, what's the other side? Is The other side of death is heaven. How, how much better can it be than that? So even if we're in need, you know, Christ is going to meet our needs. If we're alone, Christ is going to be with us. If we need strength, he'll give us the strength. So as Christians, I think we can be pretty optimistic because Christ is going to give us what we need. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but it is a choice. You know, we do, God's given us a free will. So we can 
choose negative or we could choose positive and hey if you're positive you live longer and you're happier and people like being around you and people don't like to be around grumpy people negative people that's <laughs> why <laughs> so I don't have any friends oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well John turn you um you're one of the most positive, optimistic people I know. You've always been that way ever since you were in youth. And um, at the same time, you've had your fair share of challenges, right? Um, you haven't had an easy life. Um, how do you maintain that positivity? How do you continue to see the bright side of things, you know, in light of kind of the things you had to deal with, the things that you still have to deal with? Even ministry, year in and year out, every year, it's like, this is going to be awesome. Right. And there's there's but and there's faith in that and there's belief. And it's not just like you're just saying it to say it like you can sense like, no, John believes it, you know. But how do you do that for you? And what does that look like? Yeah, I I don't know. I uh, it comes down to, I think, what my dad said in terms of. I've had Christ, you know, from a very young age introduced and kind of grown into. Um, and that's what I believe. So I, I, when I believe that, and then when I was hit with bipolar, going through episodes, seeing like life is going to be flipped, turned upside down. Um, I was able to turn every negative to a positive. I saw it in a different light. I was like, you know what? This is going to be hard, but this is going to grow me closer to Christ. I, I understand that. Okay, now I have to do certain things and live in a certain way, but no, I feel even more free because I've been shown what grace is and what the support of people and, and loved ones. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's it comes it always comes back to who and how I see the cross and Jesus Christ, and knowing that yeah, even in the face of uh, the worst situations or even death those can be the best times of life because it can still point you to God. And mm. I like that. I love that about being a Christian. I love that about how God designed us and how God designed people in the Bible that they saw it that way and how Paul in prison is like, nah, I can, if I'm here, I'm going to preach the gospel. If I die today, I'm going to heaven even better. And to have that kind of mindset blows me. I was like, I want that. I've always wanted that. And I still want that kind of attitude, the attitude that, that Paul has towards uh, Christ and the way that he was in prison or just his entire life. So I love, um, I think, how God has crafted me to be and become. I want to lead this way in youth. I want the kids to see that there is, life does get difficult. You're going you're gonna to face these hard times. But because of that, man, what a blessing we have on our side that it'll turn us in a way, in a direction, an attitude, in a life that points us back to Jesus Christ and the cross. Mm. Dang, amen. Uh, amen to that. Well, <laughs> that sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, one thing just about John is uh, he has, I mean, he could have turned the other way, I think. I mean, just like become bitter or like, where's God? And yeah, he has made a choice to, turn towards Christ or towards God as as to oppose uh, away. Um, and I, I think he has made these choices, but some of it is hereditary too. I think he's just kind of a, he was born kind of a happy kid. 
and uh, God's given him a good sense of humor and he he's you always want John to be at any function because mm-hmm. he's a lot of fun you know he's laughs uh, and then he is encouraged he's always encouraging so that which is seeing the bright side of things mm-hmm. so he encourages people he really honestly you know sees the good in people kind of like kind of like Paddington you know he sees just sees the good in people and he sees uh he he's very encouraging and uh so yeah it everyone likes to hang around with John cuz he's positive you know he's, he's you know he's it's kind of like the life of the party in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I've had the privilege of, you know, knowing him when he was young and meeting him as a freshman in high school, and he's always had that infectious joy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, I mean, I see that as that's kind of who he is. Yeah. But at the same time, after he's gone, you know, as he went through those challenges right. and those trials for him to come out of it and to, you know, really see the intentionality, you know, and, and the grace of God upon him in terms of, choosing to to see you know christ in every situation right and i think i admire that so much you know as as we hear him talk about those things as we hear you say that john of of just reminding us too right how much of that joy comes from our willingness to surrender everything to jesus right you know i think the more we try to hold on the more we try to control the outcome of things the more we have things that we, you know, kind of require in our life in order for us to be happy, the harder it is to have joy, right? Mm-hmm. But the more we can really surrender it, ultimately sacrifice to him, right? And say, hey, your will be done. The easier it is to be able to find joy in, in any situation, right? Even in sacrifice of saying, hey, even if the joy is just knowing that we're sacrificing mm-hmm. and we're doing it for Jesus and we're living how he wants us to live or... Uh, the joy of just saying, hey, God's will is being done. You know, my life seems pretty terrible right now and it's pretty painful, but God's will is being done. So I'm going to rejoice in that. Like it makes sense logically, but it's so hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. If our heart isn't fully surrendered to Jesus. So I love how you both, you, how you both shared that today, how you both have demonstrated it in your life and you're demonstrating that, you know, each and every day and, and how you how you live in, in both both seasons, you know, as uh, a youth director who's still who's still young, I'm gonna say you're still young, so that I feel young. You know, still up and coming, still growing. And Pastor Gary, even for yourself, who um, semi-retired, pastors of seniors, but you know, you're always gonna be our founding pastor. You're always gonna be my pastor, and I have the privilege of getting to to watch you how you navigate through this, uh, because one day, by God's grace, I'll get to be in your shoes and. And being able to go, okay, this is what it looks like in this season, mm. you know, and in many ways you're pioneering this path, uh, not just for me, but for, for, for all of us and for a lot of young pastors. And, and I know even your peers, you know, I have friends at other churches who their retiring pastors are asking them, Hey, I heard pastor Gary at CBC is doing this. Mm. What does that look like over there? Because maybe I want to do it here, you know, so um, want to thank you both for sharing what you shared today. Um, but before we wrap up, and and we're out of time, so we won't get to that third point. But is there anything else either of you want to share or add uh, to today's podcast? Well, I you know just having seen uh, John grow up, I feel I'm really you know proud of how he's come through the challenges and 
and uh, still wants to serve God and uh, I I don't that's I don't think many people could go through that and you know come out on the other side feeling good about things I I, I really admire that about him yeah definitely anything you want to do that John ah uh, just thanks Dad I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. No, today was awesome. It was great having you both here. And I could sit here and listen to you guys talk about each other and encourage each other all day. So thanks for blessing all of us. Thanks for being here today. It was great having you on the show. All right. It was a lot of fun. 